Hello, and welcome to On Staging, a community theater-focused discussion podcast highlighting the development and staging of community theater productions in Calgary and surrounding area. I'm Kyle Gould, and today I have the esteemed opportunity to sit down with the director-slash-choreographer of Front Row Center's forthcoming production of A Chorus Line. With 55 billings across 37 productions, Danielle Demeray is an established figure in choreography and community theater, as well as with front row center players. Danielle is one of the most decorated Cat Awards nominees with at least 21 nominations since 2012, five of which came in 2012. Three for Outstanding Production as Choreographer with Bear, Frankenstein, and the Rocky Horror Show. One for Outstanding Production of a Play for The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And then two for Outstanding Choreography for The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and the Rocky Horror Show. Danielle has done workshops for Morpheus Theatre, served on the board of Scorpio Theatre, and has a long list of production credits with Storybook Theatre. Danielle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So let's talk about A Chorus Line. Debuting in 1975 on Broadway, it was a smash hit success, nominated for 12 Tonys, winning nine, then won the Pulitzer Prize for Drama in 1976, before going on to run for 6,137 performances on Broadway, which makes it today the seventh longest-running Broadway show ever. With energetic dancing, catchy songs, and honest storytelling, A Chorus Line gives audiences a glimpse into the emotional lives of Broadway dancers. Running January 12th through the 27th at the Beddington Center for the Arts, tickets are available in the link for the show notes. So, Danielle, why A Chorus Line? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I guess, I mean, for me, being a dancer my whole life, sort of dance came first, theater came later. It's obviously a show that just rings true to me. I saw it when I was younger. I think we did it in high school. I love you think you did it in high school or did you do it in high school? <laughs> I did do it in high school. Yeah. Uh, well, we did like we didn't do a full. It was grade 10. Yep. And our musical theater class was actually like select songs from various musicals that we did over the years. So we did select songs from a chorus line. So I don't right. know. At that point, I didn't know the full sort of scope of a chorus line. Um, the movie that came out, in, I think the 90s. Yep. With Michael Douglas, it you know that was sort of my only knowledge of a chorus line. I guess I was telling my kids my only at all relevance to a chorus line is Mr. Peanuts commercials (laughs) in the eighties and early nineties. Yeah, totally. That is my entire connection to this in this whole show. Yeah, them doing the kick line, the peanuts doing the kick line. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, I mean, that's like anything goes in the milk commercials, right? Right. Like they just they really love to use that. So. Yeah, so I loved I loved the movie, but the movie is very very different. It like is. they there's songs that are not in the musical. I mean, that's like anything trying to appeal to mass movie audiences different than Right, but Michael Bennett had yeah, a Michael lot Bennett. a lot to do with that movie mm-hmm. uh, up up into a point and then he left Hollywood for forever. Yeah. Um Michael Bennett, uh, there's a great Wikipedia article, lived far too short a life and there's far too short a Wikipedia article for all of the things he accomplished in his short 44 years. Yep. So his relationship to a chorus line is pretty special and unique having been brought into like a a general workshop and then just taking the workshop over and turning it into this. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty well, and, cool story. Yeah, I mean it's it's all of his stories. It's all of his friends' stories. It's all of right, it's it's everything. So that was a big piece for me with the chorus line was casting it correctly is hard because of course, you know, like FRC is sort of shied away from it. I've 
I've brought it up a couple of times. Oh, so how long how long ago was the first time you pitched a uh, chorus lined so FRC? The year that we did Reefer Madness. Oh, okay. Originally, we were supposed to do Chicago, and we weren't able to get the rights to it because right. it's notoriously very hard. Yeah. So they said, pick another show. And so I picked a chorus line or Reefer Madness. And surprisingly, they gave me Reefer Madness, which I didn't think, <laughs> I didn't think they'd, they'd trust me with that one. But naturally, a chorus line is hard to cast. Yeah. Hard to do. It's two hours, no intermission. When I come to that too, because there seems to be a very very good intermission point for the show but there's no yeah there's no way there's no waving of that is that in the contract itself that it has to be all in one we specifically asked if we could do an intermission and they said no and and, you know it's it's interesting (laughs) because when you watch the show it feels like there might be a good place for it yeah there's that natural we were talking before the show there's like one hour lull that happens and you're like the audience needs a time to stand up and think about what they've just seen yeah absolutely but that but that time comes almost right after montage right but that is also from a story perspective, hasn't really gotten into a lot of it yet. Right. So I think that's what would be tough yep. is then trying to get your audience back invested in these characters. So yeah, it's something that, you know, me and Jeremy Walker, the the AD of Front Row Center talked about a lot, how to how to keep the pacing moving forward because there's a natural lull, right? You get Absolutely. Cassie's big solo and then Paul's four page monologue and there's a nat- there's natural lulls, but it's so key to the story of where a chorus line is going at the end and then it wraps up pretty quickly. So you just got to hope that the audience has made a connection with the characters enough to stay invested. And that was sort of yeah. my goal when, when you know, I, for me, it doesn't feel two hours. It, it definitely is long, but I hope that people look and go, oh, I can't believe it's been two hours. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's the reaction. goal all of the time is yeah. you want that time to fly past and then they relive the experiences that they had in it while well, thinking it was maybe 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. So you put pitch this back in Reefer Madness days. It's very interesting to see that FRC's second show of the season is also a multi-pitch. Had to take a chance on it because Christine Astop's Carrie, she's been pitching it for years and years and years. Yep. And it finally was, you know, this is the time, this the is time. now. Yep. Is that the case for you in a chorus line? Is that something that you've been wanting to do for a long yes. time? Yeah. I basically said like as a dancer and sort of my reputation precedes me when it comes to dance specifically. So people know that if there's going to be anyone that's going to put a lot of dance in and uh, it's going to be me. And so I said to FRC, like, just let me see if I can get enough dancers out and try to cast the show accordingly. And, and you know, I think we got a lot of strong dancers in community theater. Naturally, dance is some, you know, usually the the bottom of a lot of people's skill set. Yeah, like only the triple threats are out there dancing. Yeah, like so. you can't do musical theater without someone with a good voice, right? Right, but you're not you even going to go through start a jazz out. Square, exactly, so... We were really, really lucky in what we got uh, brought out, but we do have a lot of, you know, non-dancers in the cast as well who just have busted their ass off to... Like who? What I say, like, not technically trained, like our Connie Wong, so Sandy yeah. Hay. Um, I don't think she would classify herself as sort of a trained dancer. Right. But she's worked so hard that you would never know it from, no. from watching her on stage. Or our Richie Walters, so Samuel Jones, who sort of took a risk coming into the show because he was working on Chitty and really wanted to be involved and wanted him to be involved. And he was like, I'm not a dancer. And he's worked his butt off, right? So yeah. I think what we discovered is there were so many more important things to a chorus line than just the dance. Like There so is. Yeah, and people think, oh, it's a dance musical, you're going to see it. But like, there's so much acting, way more acting than a lot of musicals. Yeah, it's not a dance 
production. Correct. It, it seems like it should be. Mm-hmm. It seems like it should absolutely 100% be a dancer's delight. Yeah. But it is like an actor's monologue. For sure. really what it is. Yeah. And there's dance. Like, don't get me wrong. If you told <laughs> yeah. the cast members they're not dancing, they'd, they'd disagree with you. Well, but some of them kind of don't have to do as much of yeah, a dance. You get like, the opening and the closing. That's set choreo. So yeah. that's, um, that's Michael Bennett's original chorus line choreo because it's so iconic it is absolutely not just to what the audience is seeing but to the music right like, yeah like uh, zach is dictating the choreo so you have to sort of honor that and so they're learning that and they have the opportunity to watch many videos and learning youtube videos tutorials there's so much of that around right so, yeah you don't have to spend a lot of time teaching it to them because they can learn it yeah so they've definitely in put in that extra ways. work yeah and then well that's great let's talk a little bit about that so let's talk a little bit about the work that the actors have had to do how many hours of uh, choreo and how many hours of rehearsal hmm. have they had to do how many weeks was it three times a week i'm gonna guess yeah, yeah. So standard front row center is uh, two nights, two weeknights for three hours and a Sunday one to five. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so 10 hours a week. September, I want to say. Holy end of moly. September. I remember being told we had a little less just with the way auditions worked out. And I said, oh, no big deal. But it it definitely was a rushed process like just trying to get all of it in and um and then you of course had to close down over christmas for those 10 12 days missing over a week there did people come back rusty or did they come back even more raring to go they came back more raring to go i would say whether it's because i threatened them with their lives (laughs) because i brought them back december 28th i was i was a jerk and i said we're coming back we're doing a run just before we move in but we were very very lucky to have a two-week uh, tech week, which is... That's insane. Uh, doesn't happen with Farmer no, Center. No, that doesn't so. happen, period. Yeah. So it was. we were very, very lucky for that. What and did you do with the two-week tech week? Was it necessary to the process or did you just get lucky? You know, I didn't think it was going to be necessary, but yeah. un- unfortunately, we did have some challenges with the set. Oh. Getting... It, you know, it's a fairly basic set. So I think we all went in with the idea that this is going to be a super simple tech week, right? It's it's not a bells and whistles show. You don't have no. a bunch of special effects and But there's a lot of lights and a lot of light cues. Yes, beautiful. So many. Beautiful, incredible lights. Fred, my lighting designer, was absolutely incredible. Like he gave me exactly what I wanted. I could gush over the lights for the this entire podcast. But pretty amazing. But yeah, so between the lights and um and, and just the the iconic nature of those mirrors and mm-hmm. getting the turns right and you know, it's all dictated in the script and I really wanted to honor the text and what Michael Bennett had because of the sort of special nature of the show. So getting all of that correct, it really took two weeks. And wow, Emily DeBauer was the producer on the show and her partner, Jason, did the set, but she was really instrumental in working on the set day in, day out, getting the turns right, getting the the mirrors looking good. Uh, she worked and well, well mirror, above being a producer. It's so. fabric mirror? It's mylar. Okay. Yeah, essentially almost like a mirror wallpaper, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Obviously, mirrors are very, very expensive. And fragile. And fragile. And yep. uh, and they actually do a disservice on, on stage if you actually use real, oh, real mirrors, absolutely. right? Like a, an absolute clear reflection is going to distort... Like the audience would be blinded by the lights and every single time. Yeah. Absolutely. So you kind of have to find a middle ground. And um, my set designer, Jason, did a really good job of doing research. And this mylar fabric was what um, what was brought up multiple times for a chorus line and the mirror idea. We've been 
hit with the unfortunate nature of this deep freeze for opening weekend, which has actually really compromised the structure of the of that mylar, right? Because material is going to do different things in cold. In and cold, heat yeah, and, to starting to warp. Yeah, and, so and we're warp. hoping that as as the deep freeze uh, warms, yeah, then then that mylar will settle a little bit more. But yeah, like it's. It's a lot of work just just even thinking about how you get that reflection on stage. Wow, right? that is a challenge. That's mm-hmm. not just like a that you know pre production challenge. It's an ongoing challenge to make sure that this yeah they're mirror tightening fabric that fabric stays constantly. the same regularly and make maintains its proper tension. That's wild. All right, let's roll back. We've gotten into some some great difficulties and some great moments here. That's led up to this this show's production opening this last Friday. Why a chorus line? Again, being the being a dancer, loved the show. Mm-hmm. As I've gotten older and sort of more, you know, I've been in community theater now for about 15 years, working with a lot of incredibly talented individuals. Some of, for some of that time, you know, it's been the same individuals and I wanted I wanted to put on a show that highlighted their stories just as much as the stories that are told in the cast. So you're going to see a lot of people that you've seen on stage before. Some of the, what I like to call our iconic musical theater, you're going to see some new faces, but what you're going to see is a passion on stage. Right. So everyone on stage is holding the same sort of passions that, you know, that are reflected in the characters that they're playing. And that was what was most important for me. And did you want to direct and choreograph the whole entire time? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> that's a valid thing it's, to say it's yes hard. to uh, yes i did at the beginning i i think now asking me now i maybe would give a different answer but yeah oh what but would you say now if you'd had done it different it might have been nice to have a director or a choreographer one or the other just to sort of assist with some of that workload however it's a tough show to know where that line is drawn because yeah. so much of it merges in and out of dance and in and out of the monologues and the acting and the directing so I think it, it makes sense that it's the same person. It's often the same person. And I'm proud of what's been put on stage and what we were all able to achieve. But but yeah, I mean, we all have full-time jobs and I'm I'm no different. So doing that sort of while... Full-time jobs and families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And my wife's in the show. So that's nuts. that probably didn't help. But, <laughs> but, but we got there and, and I had incredible support. So Chelsea Wellman, my musical director, is sort of my go-to every time I direct. I love working with Chelsea. She's incredible. She brings an amazing energy, super positive, always gets the results, yeah. but but does it in a very sort of kind and loving way. And everyone's always attached to Chelsea. So Hey, we're all here volunteering. Exactly. The least we can do is be kind to one another. I really don't understand some of the community theater directives that are so over the top and develop animosity with the cast while they try to impart their vision it's like yeah at the end of the day they're the one up up on stage if it doesn't look good on stage you can either the the actor's the first that's blamed it's usually not the director yeah exactly and that's what i would tell them all the time like my job is to make you look good yeah and you're only going to look good if you feel good and you want to be up there and you like what you're doing and you like how you look and you like how you sound so, yeah, and you feel confident being there. Yeah, so it's my job to sort of create a team that yeah. helps that, and Chelsea is incredible at that. Plus, she's got the chops and talent to boot, so really happy. She hasn't done a show in a while, so I sort of pushed her out after COVID to come <laughs> come and do another show, and uh, she is not disappointed. So I so I had her. I mean, Daisy Pond, you can't can't go wrong when well, Daisy's you could your for like, stage for like four years where she was on hiatus <laughs> exactly, through an so. entire. You're very I, lucky to get her back. Very, very, you know, and I did have, I didn't have to do anything. It's a, I think it's a big passion project for her too. So it was okay. announced and 
she immediately texted me and I said, no questions asked. You wow. absolutely can be my stage manager. It's, which- it's nuts too, because you do not see a chorus line being performed mm-hmm. very much anymore. I mean, the, and also I have to ask too, it's 49 years old this year. Why do it this year and not next year for the 50th? You're like, because I got a, to do it that's now. That's a really good question. Yeah, I don't even know if that if that was ever clocked. 50 years yeah. next year, it'll yeah. be have been around. And A Chorus Line changed Broadway. It changed theater. It changed the way we consume and see media so very much. How much research did you do before your first pitch to FRC? And then how much research did you do after they said, okay, you're going to do a chorus line, did you have to go in into the weeds and watch a whole bunch of different productions of it? Or what did you do in the history of getting ready to do this show? Yeah, I would say pre-chorus, pre-being offered it, you submit lots of different shows. So, you know, if I went too into the weeds on one specific show, right, you never know if you're going to get that show. I think I submitted five or six, you know, shows that I would be willing to do. Yeah. I see, I wouldn't know. I've only ever submitted one show and then they gave me that show. And, they, yeah, and I've well, never and, even directed before. And for but I think it's because I'm a 40-year-old white male. <laughs> yeah, <maybe>. So <laughs> I think that might change nowadays if you're if you're a 30 to 40-something-year-old woman and you submit for a show, you probably will have a better chance than the 40-something-year-old guy getting it. But yeah. There and, might... I'm, and I'm a lesbian, so I have one extra. Is that even an extra my... nowadays? <laughs> yeah, probably not. I don't know. <laughs> but but no, I, I would say that... I don't submit a lot either. I'm not a, mm-hmm. I, I prefer choreography, right? Directing sort of has to be a passion project for me, a show exactly. I really, really like doing. Some people will di- direct, give me a show and, and I'll direct it. I'll make it. something of it. Yeah, absolutely. Good for those and, people. And Front Row Center used to do more, they would establish your directors more that way. So they'd get a list of directors, they'd pick the shows and then figure out what director sort of matched really? that. Interesting. I do think that Jeremy's done a little bit more work to you know, see what those passion projects are, because inevitably you're going to get... That's what you're going to want. You want somebody who wants to do that show. Yeah. That's going to, especially from a foundational level, there's so much more support and strength there and knowledge in somebody who wants to do it than somebody who's just, who's had the show passed on to them. Exactly. Yeah. So so had the passion, had the, I'd say rudimentary knowledge, and then jumped in once it was given to me. When did that happen? I want to say it would have been you know, October of 2022, maybe. Oh, wow. So you've yeah. had you've had time. So I, I, yeah, I had I, I feel like I had o- almost a year to sort of dive in. And that's when I started to do more, you know, watching lots of productions, things like that, trying to decide how much am I going to borrow or, you know, copy, so to speak from from the original choreo text, all that sort of stuff. Um, the script comes with lots of we strongly suggest you use our set design and our blocking and our <laughs> and my original reaction because you know we're directors performers choreographers so we have huge egos is to go fuck that i'm going to do whatever right? i want yeah but as i got into some of the background knowledge history of the show i started to think well no i think i want to stay true to it and and as you said it's not done very often so i want people to come to it and see what they you know, the people that do love the show want to come and see a chorus line. We don't need to do, the joke was we don't need to do a chorus line steampunk, right? <laughs> like we, right. we just hilarious. need to put the the show on it. You know, it, it serves exactly what it's meant to. But it is 49 years old. So some of the, the ways in which things were done on stage, it seems to me could have been 
updated and renewed and improved upon, would you say? Or now that you've done it, now that it's up? Yeah, you know what? And it's interesting that you say that because I think a lot of times the musical theater world is contending now with old musicals and how those translate. Right. I I don't necessarily agree that a chorus line needs a rewrite. There's so many... Mm. Like the the biggest, there is a lot of theme regarding, I guess, let's take homosexuality, mm-hmm. where in 1975, you know, these kids are coming out 10, 15 years ago, because let's say they're 30. So we're talking about coming out in the 50s, 60s. Definitely, that's a very impactful story. But if you're, you know, I, I'm in my, you know, <coughs> late 30s, and I, <laughs> and even that story resonates with me still. Absolutely, 100%. And I'm sure it would resonate with kids coming out nowadays. There's still something very honest about the way the stories are told. There's very rarely like overt sexism. And I think that's because the storyline is about theater people. And theater Absolutely. people have notoriously, in my humble opinion, been ahead of the curve when it comes to tolerance, acceptance. So because it's coming from that place, it never it never like hits that, ooh, it's not something you want to hear in 2024 or 2023, right? It doesn't do right. it the same way as, I don't know, how to succeed on business without yeah. trying will do. So uh, do I think it needs a rewrite? Uh, humbly, no. I think I really, really love the text that's on stage and I think it still resonates in like, I'm, I'm trying to think of one area where I, I maybe don't love it. I would have liked to have seen more movement. I think if we're going to talk, because I have seen it and I don't want to lie to people here, but uh, I think I would have just liked more movement. I think they were standing in a line for such a very long time that doing something, shifting that line to give the, the Zach, the director slash producer guy because it's really unclear exactly what his role is he seems to be doing everything yeah, for this forthcoming yeah. show uh just giving them more options to move around right during yeah. the course of it and then there was there don't get me wrong it still does happen but there did seem to be a lot of a long line of 17 individuals for a considerable amount of time and i don't know if today's modern musical even if you kept the line you kept the the lines and the dialogue and everything else the same would have done or chosen to do in exactly the same way structurally mm-hmm. of everyone standing there in a line. Yeah, no, I agree. Because that's got to be hard. Yeah, I think it's hard on the actors and their legs and their feet. Yeah, it was hard on the audience too a little bit because it was just so static. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's traditionally just the I like know. if you watch any production, it's... Um, it's that. It's that, yeah. yeah. And again, I, I chose to sort of stick the true traditional traditional format line. of it yeah, yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. but that that's fair and that's valid and i'm glad to see what we got to see so you did a whole bunch of research leading into it how many people came out for your your auditions did you get a big pile of people yes lots of people auditioned i think we had i, th- I mean we filled up all of our slots we that's had to amazing. open a couple extra uh, we saw incredible talent like I, I still can think of multiple people that I would have loved in the show if I could have. They're just, you know, how that goes. Absolutely. Um, but so many people deserve to be in the show. It was, we were really, really excited with what we saw. We saw lots of people that we've never seen before. Like in our cast, we have Anna, who's moved from the Ukraine, and this is her first musical. Aww. So we've got lots of really awesome stuff that we saw coming out, and that was great. Yeah, your mirror turners, um, who also came out and did some ballet, were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They were absolutely phenomenal. They, 
all I think it was five of them that came out for the ballet. They all stole the show with the ball when they were doing their ballet with all the leads in there too. You could only really watch them. <laughs> I know it's. Uh, I feel, and I've said this to them too. I feel so lucky to have cut dancers. They're called the cut dancers. Yeah. As talented as they are, absolutely, and as committed as they are, they have been. It would be very very easy to get that part and be like, well, screw you, I, I'm yeah. off and then I don't do anything and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here to backstage turn a and have a bad yeah. attitude and they have been so dedicated. Yeah. And so it makes me really, really happy that you say that, that you notice that talent because they're incredibly talented. I'd have them in the line in a heartbeat if, oh, absolutely. if you were allowed to have fillers in the line <laughs> or in like, you're you're genuinely not, right? It really, yeah. it, it does tell you what you are allowed to do with the script. Oh, that's because Michael Bennett is like that. Yeah, he goes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I love very it. Very specific about everything he wanted. <laughs> and I love it. And so, but you you can ask anyone. I'm a, I'm a very true to text type of choreographer, director, right? So I love when someone's passionate about that and and sticks to it. But yeah, my cut dancers incredible. Some of them are understudies too, and they can jump in at any moment to like every single other character. Like they're in, very very talented. And, oh, that's wonderful. And I mean, they've been in other shows, so it's not like yeah. this is their. You'll you'll see them on stage in lots of different other roles because they're, you know, incredibly worthy of it. And yeah, again, and I've told them if they could be in my line, I absolutely would have them. So yeah, Calgary is not missing out on a wealth of actors here. We have lots and lots to choose from. It's, yeah. it's like that. How long were your callbacks? Was it a complicated, tough decision? Uh, yes. Well, so the toughest part about it is, is knowing who you want, but then the specificness of each character, right? right. So they ha all have traits, they all have quirks that you sort of need to align with and so trying to figure out who's going to fit into each slot the best that was the hardest it was almost like we said okay we know what our what who we want in our cast but what does that cast look like that was right. the that was probably the hardest hardest part and age ranges is always a challenge especially a show where it it starts off the dialogue by telling you the age of every single actor on stage. Yep. So we had to uh, you know we had to be mindful of that and be cautious of how that looks and who looks too old to be younger than this person and and whatnot so and ethnicity was important too ethnicity is a huge part of the show and, and it's a hard one for for calgary community theater to mm -hmm. pull out of the the woodwork too so how hard was it to make sure that you cast the ethnicities in accordance with the characters so i was very very lucky in that i got the people that i i needed to be at the table. Yep. But not just that, but that I got the talent mm -hmm. that that I got that could play those parts. But it was incredibly, I guess it was a very, very interesting process leading up to it because it was so important to me that I got that diversity right. on stage. And I wasn't, there are a couple of characters that do allow for a bit of flexibility. Like yep. they have a couple of rewrites in the back. And I just, I really wanted to be able to have the right people telling the right stories because yeah. that's what a chorus line is. So I wish that I could say I had done a whole bunch. I, I you know, when we posted the auditions, I, I gave this little spiel that I'm giving right now that mm -hmm. it's important to me to have those people at the playing table. And luck, I was very, very lucky that people came out. And so, you know, Isaac, Sandy, Samuel, Rochelle, uh, they, they all bring an incredible diversity to the cast. And I'm so, so grateful for that because the show just means so much more if you can stick to Absolutely. that that authentically. And yep. so I'm very, 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 very lucky. About that it, that. You are insanely lucky that you got what you needed for the show. I mean, it oftentimes works out that you get what you need for the show. I don't know how it works. It's a mystery uh, in accordance with Jeffrey Rush and Shakespeare in Love. But nonetheless, <laughs> yeah. 
I will also state to anyone listening that if you are a person of color or a minority representing individual, please come out for community theater. We would like to see more and more and more. It, it's, uh, it's Calgary so white for so long, and it would be great to see even more representation. And then therefore it leads to directorial choice mm-hmm. because if there's like six black actors at the table, then you can give one of the necessarily presumed white leads to one of those individuals rather than the one black guy comes out for the one black part. Exactly. We don't want to say, I don't want that to happen anymore. I'd like to see Me too. a heck of a lot more representation at the table. Yeah, I would love that as well. And and I mean, because Storybook does, I've I've worked with Storybook and the mm-hmm. way they cast and they they their goals, their diversity goals are requirement and they will yeah. not settle for anything less than that. And I think that's a, a great way for everywhere to be moving towards, yeah. right? It, it's like, I and I said, I'm not... I'm not doing this show if we don't get the people at the table. You you cannot do a chorus line yeah. if you do not have a black actor playing Richie. Yeah. So at least one black actor. It, you it, it you it's not yeah. it's not an option. I mean, if you look at Broadway dancers today, there white people is maybe a third of the people yeah, up there good. trying to dance, right? We've, like we've had our our opportunities, right? Yeah. Um, I no. just that's just it is I want to be able to give that opportunity. Uh, I mean, not that it's my my job to do that, but do you know what I mean? It's I I don't Absolutely. want to. I would rather cast uh, all a diverse population if I if I was able to, right? Because it, right? it's their time. And yeah, I mean, equal representation at the table. Let's get as many of as many different people as we possibly can. If Survivor can dictate that it's going to yeah. be at least fifty percent minorities, then we can too, right? And it's just making sure that we get our audition and call notices out to those groups and it's not the same Facebook followers that we see every year. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was trying to achieve when we got the auditions out is is that. But it, but it's hard, it's hard to put that call out and you know, I I'm white. I how, you know, it, it's it's a very challenging You have the most white sounding lady name, Danielle Demeray. <laughs> exactly. I I am a white lady. Like who who am I to <laughs> to say like here I'm going to give all these parts to all these dive, right? So it's it even even that is a hard it's a hard challenge. Yep. Um but you have to do it. You have to step out of your comfort zone and and say like that this is what we need right now. Absolutely. Uh, so I've been very very blessed that a chorus line was cast the way it was. Yes. That's great. So you've cast the show Mm -hmm. as hard as that was. You then put everybody together and they got, wow, it seems like 14 weeks, less about eight days for Christmas of 10 hours a week rehearsals. Seems like your actors have definitely done a lot of homework and a lot of going away. So definitely more than 140 hours of their own labor just in rehearsals. You and your production team get together. When was your first production team meeting? Um, I would venture to say that our first production meeting, usually it's a couple months before we start talking about auditions and making sure that's all up and running. So I'd probably say that. But it took us a while to get our production team. Like that was probably our hardest. The The cast was easy. It was the production team that was tough. Like we didn't have a sound designer up until a couple couple weeks before. Right. I think I saw week. the call for that. That's That's intense. And there isn't even really any sound in the show. So it's just balancing and leveling mics. Yes, but you've been to that theater before, right? It, yeah, it, of course. <laughs> so we're, we're very lucky I've we were able to bring someone before. in who who does professional work and, and get them EQing the band. It, you know, the biggest challenge with the band being off stage as well, which is tough, uh, not 
usually usually something that FRC does, but yeah, usually you see the band in some capacity, whether it's through a window or yeah, something else. Just tough to do with the show, right? Kind right. of ruins the illusion of where the show is set. The bare bones for sure. Staging so, of it. Yeah. So tech was our biggest challenge. So I think we were all working towards that. I felt confident in my team, my, my rehearsal team, you know, my producer, all of that. So we just sort of worked towards that at the start of it. And yeah, and rehearsals were busy. We were we were knocking out 11-minute numbers in a three-hour rehearsal, which is just testament to my the incredible cast that I had. But yeah. yeah, they did a lot of work. They had terrible rehearsal tracks that the show comes with, which were just brutal. And they still managed to put in the vocal work, put in the dancing work. I have... My, my Don, Thomas Zima, came in a month after because we lost our original Don. Oh, wow. So Thomas stepped. I reached out to him. He agreed to come in and play catch up. And I sort of soft pitched it to him. And when he came to the first rehearsal, he said, like, what the hell am I doing here? And, and again, com- completely capable. And you would never know that he didn't get half of the, like, he didn't learn the opening, didn't learn the closing. Like, he did that sort of all on his own time wow. with the help of the cast and jeepers yeah and some of the stronger dancers in the cast and all of that so they've yeah everyone has put in the work because because it's such an ensemble show everyone needs to be strong right yeah so what do you want audiences to take away from having seen a chorus line they always say that good good media good shows a good performance should always change you in some way shape or form how do you want a chorus line to have changed people my hope is that everyone can connect to at least one person in the line and feel invested in their story and and take away something from their story. My other goal is that they are able to just see the incredible power of community theater. Because this show is not often done, uh, and especially not done, you know, outside of the professional world, because it is so challenging, I hope people come and see that community theater is really not about a lack of skill. It's it's just about a group of people that have put various priorities in different order, whether that be because they have family and bills to pay and this or that, but the, the talent is there. And there are so many people on stage that if they wanted to, they could be doing it for a career. And I want people to come and go, wow, this is, uh-huh. look, this is community theater. And it's, and it's, it's about exactly what a chorus line is. It's about an ensemble. It's about those stories. It's about passion. It's about dreams. And that doesn't change whether you're, you know, becoming a a nurse during the day and this at night, right? So yeah, it also seems to be a little bit about trauma, too. (laughs) It's a bit of a trauma dump. (laughs) Right? It does seem to be. But I think that at the end of the day, when you start to think about why people want to be on stage and why they people want to have audiences applaud and stand for them and see them and bear witness to them is because something occurred that they need that in their life. I was chatting with my kids about it on the drive home that none of those people on stage grew up to be accountants or admin assistants working in a big technical office because these things happened to them that have led them down this path that where they found the joy in life was to find the happiness that they can bring others, which will bring happiness to themselves. And there's been a lot of discussion and and, and a light shine shone on this since a chorus line. Like a chorus line is really one of the preemptive things that told people, hey, Broadway dancers, people who are dancing in the backstage of something, they are all the ones that that they have a need to be here and they have a story that's being told all of their own, even if they're the ones on the the very line of the chorus. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it just was interesting to me that it's not just about 
being there and trying to be the star, but it's trying to work through and pass something as well. That was really interesting and probably why it won the Pulitzer. Yeah, I agree. And and as someone who's, I'm not a singer, so if I'm ever on stage, I'm always in the ensemble. And <laughs> I, and I I love the ensemble for that reason because it is it's a group of people all telling their own stories in a different way. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had some conversations with with people about the show and how everyone sort of has to think of this show about them mm-hmm. and that and is that not what makes you a good actor? Right? Is that is that you are able to pull from every experience and say like, well, this I'm telling this story and that's all that matters at this point. And and Chorus Line does a really good job of that, right? Yeah. So why are you here? Yeah. Why why are you here? Right. But I think that's and that's why I say I hope someone relates to to it because it's it's and there's so many moments in the show that unless you have, you know, been a performer or danced your whole life, you maybe wouldn't even get the no. like Sheila has a line that says, oh, you know, maybe I should go and buy a dance studio. Like maybe that's copying out though. Yeah. And, or the and, one who says like, I don't want to teach what I know. Exactly. I, I don't want that. I want to I be the one do. on stage. I want to get, I don't want to give other people the keys to the kingdom. I want to live in the kingdom. Yeah. And, and unless show. you have done that and put in the work and worked on stage for hours and hours and hours, I don't think you'd understand some of those lines, but I think you, I, I think Michael Bennett's done a great job of helping people to realize that maybe they don't realize the depth of it, right? but they at least get to dip their toe in there to realize that these are genuine, fully formed human beings that are trying to find and make their way yeah. in the background. It's yeah, I agree. I think powerful. that's, I think that's why it did win those awards, right? Because there's so many other musicals you can think that have that seem meteor, right? They seem like they will be, but that I think is where it really surprised me when I took on the show. Yeah. Is just how meaty the show is. Like I said, oh, it's absolutely. simple, it's bare bones, it's black box, it's you know, no costume changes, no set changes, like it's gonna be easy. But pulling that sort of raw emotion out of every single person on stage is it's tough. And they all rose to the occasion because I think really it, I think it's emotional for the actors too to go through that. Yeah. Like to live that day in, day out with me and then go to their regular jobs and then come right. Like it's it's a lot. It's a lot of emotions. So Yes. It must have been very hard at times, especially during some of these monologues and song and solo songs, um, when you've got the cast there, mm-hmm. you're working through runs and did it was it as emotionally uh, progressive and difficult for the performers? Yeah, I I hope so. And I and I say that only because as a director, obviously, my goal is to help them connect to the text, right? But yeah, I do. And I think a lot of the cast had sort of breakthroughs of their own accord, right? Some of them connected to some of the text that they're reading or someone else's text or right. And I think I think there was a lot of emotions and breakthroughs in rehearsal and, and then overshadowed by wanting to kill me after, you know, 20 minute dance breaks all that so, you think, yeah. you, did you feel that that was a, a thin no, actual thing? no. Okay. well no I, they were all very very good with me but but it's a lot right and if you haven't danced as much as some of like because like i said like i'd i'd probably say 50 percent of the cast have not were not trained dancers from childhood right so that's stressful right i i've always been hey. able to pick up choreo and and dance but i it i, I equate it to I don't sing. So if you want me to sing a solo on stage or something, I'm probably going to run piss away my pants and run away. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's vulnerable to know that you're going to, but again, like I said, I, t- I always tell them my job is to make them look good. Yeah. So 
that's going to be the end outcome. And I think that I think they've done a really good job of that. Well, it's some of the most complex. I mean, I have to count out the back, but the the ballet at the beginning was complicated and beautiful and gorgeous and really well done. There was a lot of movement across the stage, which I'm always looking for because so many times it's you stand there and you dance there. Yeah. And you stand there and you dance there. And I'm like, if you're not moving around the stage whilst dancing, it's not entertaining. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that too. And I, I hope you saw that in the montage. I mean, yeah. my blocking charts, like I write all my blocking down and and you can ask the cast, there are pages and pages of my little X's moving around because I'm, I'm very similar. I don't. Everything's a football chart, right? Yeah, correct. Like I, I literally look up, sometimes I look up football diagrams because it helps. Cause As a way of inspiration? Especially if you've got or? 17 people. Yeah, absolutely. Like sometimes <laughs> if you have 17 people on stage, because there's many websites you can go to where you put in dance formations for 10. Yeah. But once you start to get 15 plus, um, like, you no. have to look up yeah. sometimes football charts. And so That's amazing. Do that. What a great My tip. dad would be so proud of me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you probably could run some great football players. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You need to wide out. You need to duck and roll. Yeah, duck and roll. And you need roll. to do a button you're, hook to the left. You're dropping out left. And, yeah. yeah. Wide out. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. I love it. It seems like this is a, a passion project for you. And you've seemed to have managed to instill that passion project into your cast. What's been the hardest thing for you in this entire journey? Good question. I would probably venture to say that I'm always confident in my dance abilities. Acting has always been a bit of a vulnerable spot spot mm -hmm. for me. I have co-directed with Jeffrey Diodati on Wedding Singer. And then when I directed Reefer Madness, Jeff was also my choreographer. So I've always sort of had a, like a crutch to lean on. So I guess a little bit of imposter syndrome maybe was coming to play oh, okay. with this show just because of all of the acting and storytelling. And There's so much acting in this. Yeah. And wanting to ensure that I, I captured that. And I, I mean, my back, I went to theater school that, that is my schooling background in the early 2000s when it was still appropriate to beat the love out of, of theater out of you in order to build you back up. Like that was their sort of motto. Yeah, I never understood that. Yeah, but it's, uh, I mean, it's a toxic environment. I, I'm, I'm hoping it's changed. I think it's, I think it's been changing. But that that's really where I came out of theater school was. I really think that theater school is a, a home of teachers where if you can't do it, you, you can't teach. Do, you teach. Mm -hmm. that, that's where that saying really does come from. It definitely doesn't come from football and sports because the people who are coaching those things are the people who did. Yeah. The people who could. Or my wife who runs the drama department at her high school and then does this on the side, right? Right. Like no one's arguing that she can't do both, right? So I, I agree. Like it that's exactly how it felt, right? And um, I left theater school. So I, I went to University of Calgary for Fine Arts, wanted to do more like real hands-on vocational training. So I went to CCPA in Victoria. I left that school and I didn't touch theater again for three or four years until chess with Front Row Center. I, I had that opportunity and I've never looked back no. because of community theater because of front and row you center, seem to of... stick with front row center a lot what is the what is the reason for that is it just because they live so close to you <laughs> that's so close no musical theater i'd worked on with cappuccino um I, I do lots with storybook but that's because front row center is the only like community musical theater based company in calgary um mm. I know there's lots of really good companies, Okotoks, some of those ones. That's um, far away for you. But it's it's far, right? Yeah. So um, I, I would love if Cappuccino came back up, but... But I mean, Nose Creek Players in Airdrie, they do a musical every year. You know, this is my company. This is my home. This is my family. 
that's fine to me, but there definitely seems to be other community theater musical opportunities out there that could definitely use a Daniel Demerite touch once in a while. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I appreciate that. Well, catch me in prom with Untold Stories. Mm-hmm. So I'll be working with them in the in the spring. So and what are you really, doing really with excited. Them? I'm choreographing for them. But yeah, so I'll be doing that. Uh, like I love Scorpio, but I'm not an actor. So I know like yeah, Tannis loves, makes it difficult. would love to have more Scorpio coming back. I know Sylvia's out right now, so that's great. And they're trying to get that going. But Tannis always does Scorpio. So yeah, I would say, you know, Front Row Center is my baby because I like the high end musical theater that they in a variety of styles and shows. But I love working for Storybook Theater when they'll have me and and all of that as well, too. So absolutely, I, I love all community theater. It's just about, you know, what works for the shows I like to do and yeah, well, don't skip out on seeing The Gondoliers this year. It's one of okay. Gilbert and Sullivan's best and has some of the best movement and choreography in all of their productions. Amazing. Who's choreographing um, it? Maya Swedberg is con- is oh, choreographing awesome. that. Oh, great. I love her. Cochrane coming into town. Oh, great. She was in uh, Jesus Christ Superstar with, with me way back when. Forever and a day ago oh, at this forever, point, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, basically. No, well, that's great. She's great. So... What is one singular sensation that audiences might not spot that you would like the listener to look out for? It's kind of hard because there's literally um, 17 people in yeah, a line. Yeah, I'd probably say but, the, the two fun little things are there's a little bit of like dance bag choreography. So there's some stuff that's written in the script that talks about the dance bags that are left on stage and right. the symbolism that those dance bags hold throughout the show and who ends up getting cast in the show and who doesn't so that's a kind of a fun little wow. thing you can take a look for uh, and then the other thing would be every time the cast leave watch how choreographed that is so any movement that they do when they exit the line is always in time and in beat and they do a really sexy job of it and oh wow so that's another thing that i'd want because i think it's easy to be like okay i'm focusing on this person doing a solo oh and the line's gone yeah. right but they they move as one human and it's and it's very very satisfying to watch and that it just shows the connective nature of the cast and and how they've all sort of bonded as a group and i mean most of them know each other too right they've all come out they've done this before that's really clearly articulated at the beginning of the show uh what because i've seen this show and i never get to do this i'm going to answer that question as well one yeah. thing i noticed that people might not notice is the absence is still there in the line when 17 gets reduced to 16 in the line that space is still left for the individual who's not there and that's that's pretty powerful in the moment there too yeah i'm glad you noticed yeah and if you notice at the very very end the spotlight goes on his spot and then like sort of moves over and then you see paul is the first person to bow so we're supposed to believe that he his knee ended up you know, healing and he still got cast in the show, right? So that's... Or, or some way. Yeah, yes. yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. that's that's what's so special about that part. Like I remember Yanish was telling me that when, when Cappuccino did it, they didn't have Paul hurt himself because they said, oh, well, that guy, whoever was playing their Paul, he's our best answer, so we don't want to lose him for the tap. Oh. And, and Yanish said, well, that's sort of the point. And that's exactly it. Like the point is to highlight, like if your best asset is your dance on stage in Broadway and that's how you make a career the impact of potentially losing that asset, right? And that's sort of what makes that so important. So yeah, just funny that 
that that's how they chose to play that is not hurt the the good dancer <laughs> but 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 yeah so I, I appreciate you noticing that because it was very moving it was wonderfully done i don't really get to really say these sorts of things because usually i do this discussion i think it's a bit more stressful that you've seen it because i could just like oh, smoke and mirrors it? you if yes, uh, you, you definitely hadn't could seen you it. could yeah. mylar mirror me exactly. <laughs> uh, and then depending on the weather how wrinkled that gets yeah exactly it's a pretty powerful show so many works would not exist if it wasn't for a chorus line. Things like Rent and Glee owe a great deal to a chorus line for their very existence at all, let alone mm-hmm. countless other productions. It changed the face of modern theater. I, I don't want to call it postmodern theater, which is what they would have called it in like the early 2000s, but now it's just literally modern theater because yeah. there's so many other things that are even more postmodern, post-modern than I a I'd chorus asked everyone line. to audition with a postmodern song. Perfect. Because I wanted to get that, and so many people were like, What the hell are what you doing? What are you talking, talking about? about? You're like, Yeah, give me something that's like yeah. Bob Dylan esque, I guess, or Taylor Swift, where it's just a random bunch of words to music. That's yeah. what we want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a powerful show. It only runs until the 27th of January. I would urge everyone listening to hurry out and get to see this show because it has not changed in its relevance, impact, and implications on today's modern age. We've not progressed much from 1976 to 2023. That's that's how sad this is that a lot of the stories that are being told are still relevant and important and dare I say, necessary to hear again that these are still things that are going on and happening in the world around you and two people you love standing next to you in a chorus line. Um, Thanks, Danielle, for coming out today. Well put. Thank you so much for having me. 